0: Honey, I'm so happy I was waiting so long for today so we can record this podcast together because I think this is first time I came really prepared. So I have something really exciting to share with our audience.
1: That's terrific, honey. <laughs> I knew you are going to be happy. Uh, unf-
0: <laughs> I am. I'm an ecstatic. And I'm so happy <laughs> to hear that you have something of value that to share with our listeners. I see that smile on your face. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's going to have to wait. But,
1: honey, this is really important. No.
0: I'm sorry, honey. It's just not going to work out this time. It's gonna, you're going to have to savor and cherish this burning thought in your mind, and our poor listeners are going to have to wait a week to hear what you have to say because this uh, past week I did a conversation with my friend Jason Heath. Jason is a professional bassist. And he's a podcaster like myself. He hosts a show called Contrabass Conversations. And we recorded it and published it at, on another show that I do called Musicpreneur, Making Money Making Music. But we ended up not talking about music at all. We actually ended up talking about a lot about podcasting and kind of the entertainment industry in general. And I thought it was just so good and so relevant to what podcasters are doing experiencing and going through that i wanted to put it on this show too so i know that honey that what whatever you have to say and i can just see it like i can just see the disappointment on your face and i'm just know that you're just heartbroken but sadly we're gonna have to wait another week to hear what is on your mind well you're the boss i have no choice i am the boss and don't you forget it i just said it honey I call the shots. You get it? Uh, Not not really, because Gabriel says, I'm the boss. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And he always tells you, Daddy, she's the boss. You better listen to her. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, when my six year old is not here, I'm the boss. And that's the way that works. Well, you get it? I will report that to him. Okay, well, okay, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I guess I have to leave you and Jason to take up the show. Yeah, before this this conversation des- descends even further into the abyss, past the point of no return, which we've passed long ago, let's just turn it over to this amazing, scintillating, entertaining, inspiring, value-laden conversation <laughs> with Jason Heath of Contrabass Conversations. Look him up contrabase well
1: yeah what's up with you man thank you so much for uh for giving me a ring uh like a month ago or or so we, we, we oh did, yeah man that was, so that was so cool yeah that was that was a lot of fun I was coming home from Trader Joe's and I saw your name pop up and it was uh, that what yeah serendipity for sure
0: <laughs> well i mean that's that's just how the beauty of podcasting is like jim lambie he um listens to your show, and then and then I guess you had pro- promoted the one that you did on this show. He, that's how he heard of me, and it turns out he lives like 15 minutes away. It's so
1: crazy how that works. I mean, I had a similar experience with this practice app that I use, Modacity. Someone reached out to me for Modacity, and I did a little research, and I realized they are literally on the same street that I live on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, what? One thing led to another, and, and I've, I've become friends with the, the founder. I mean, we, wow. he's a super interesting guy, and we, we hang out, and it's just, it's it's so funny what a small world it is. I and remember, it, it's,
0: yeah. Well, I was just saying, I remember when I lived in Hawaii in 2006, I took a job as a tour guide, right?
1: Because
0: that's what you do when you move to Hawaii, you become a tour guide, because I was less like the expert. <laughs> that's a funny story in and of itself. So I'm doing this tour at Pearl Harbor, the like the memorial wow. at Pearl Harbor, and I'm just Like I'm leading this tour, and then I hear this guy say, "Hey, young man!" And I turn around; it's my first sergeant from the army that I knew from like 1994 to 97 or something. He was in line to go in the tour right what right while I was there, leading this. It was so crazy.
1: That's that's hilarious. That's It's funny. I've had more moments like that since moving to San Francisco because the Mm. place is so small Mm. and people tend to kind of be townies and hang out here. So I've run into people I've coached at middle school, like out in the street. I used to never run into anybody in Chicago. I mean, every once in a while I would, but it's I I definitely have a lot more moments like that, which is kind of nice. It feels a little bit more like a community, a crazy community, but a community.
0: What do you mean San Francisco is small? Um,
1: well, geographically, it's pretty small. And oh, the, the okay. population, it's, it's about 850,000 people, which seems big. But compared to Chicago is like 2.5 million. And then Chicago yeah. is 25 miles long from t- from top to bottom. This is just a, it's just a tiny town. And it's a very neighborhoody sort of place. People tend to hang out in their neighborhood. So I just I run into the same people over and over much more frequently than back in Chicago
0: yeah, it's just it's so funny how things things work out like that. Well, anyway, we're talking about Jim Lambie, and I'm, who I'm sure is listening to this, and um he's actually thinking of getting into podcasting. Nice. yeah, nice. so we had a little conversation over a beer and some uh some fish tacos the other night, and we're we're just why not? he's he's yeah. thinking about it. He's a very, very introspective person. Mm-hmm. He's very, he mentioned a lot of, like, conscious of the ego, and so it's interesting, because cause he's a bass player, and I, I just, I'm i just kind of trying to think, how could that translate into a podcast? Because, like, when you do a podcast, you want to take your strengths, and, like, the th- you, you want to take the things that really interest you, that really drive you on the inside, and then... That should be your message. He can't just be. Not everybody can have a show just for bassists like like yours, right? And so I've just been thinking, what what angle would he take with something like that? Because you, you just want to focus on what's important to you, because that's what makes yeah. a podcast unique, right?
1: Right. I would. I it would. I would have no idea how to advise someone starting a podcast right at mm. this moment, just because like my journey has been so. Uh, just unintentional, I guess. And and it's really been, I mean, it's sort of a, a joke that my podcast is called Contrabass Conversations because I I mean, I do talk generally to bassists, but I have no plan. I had two singers on the other day and we were talking about if anyone should go to music school. I've had Jason Haheim, the principal Tempest from the Met on a whole bunch of times. So I guess I've sort of thought I am a bass player and I'm interested in stuff and come on my journey with me. And there'll be bass in a lot of, and the funny thing is how often bass players pops up, even when I'm talking to someone that I don't think has bass in the background at all, like these two singers, mm-hmm. uh, I was, it was interviewing one of them, her dad is this famous bass luthier who I've had on the podcast. I had no <laughs> idea. So it's, it's just, um, uh, yeah, it's, hard. it's tough though. Cause you don't want to, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky thing to, to think about, but, uh, you know, getting started and, and just putting something out on a regular basis. Uh, even if the, 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 Vision changes yeah. uh, you know that 's as you 're well familiar with yes. you know uh, yes. the, the, these these platforms are more flexible than you might think. You can always change the name, you can always uh, you know pivot
0: and what you, what i 've discovered is that people aren 't really interested in the topic so much as they are in you as the host right, right, like your audience is m- probably mostly made up of bassists, but they they don 't listen to the show because they 're interested in the base as much as they are in you.
1: Right, you become the main character of your podcast. That's yeah. the way I like to talk about. It. Like I I it's a cool medium because it's 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 a great personal development thing. I I've, I've talked about this a lot on on my show um, but but it's it's something I would want to be doing anyway with my time, sitting down, turning off my devices and just actually connecting with someone one-on-one for an extended period of time. That's a beautiful thing at any point, but especially in the age of Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and just constant distraction. Um, and, and so I, I learn a ton in the process and yeah, you have the, just, just what you were describing, I think is so, is the case. I feel the same way with the people that I listen to. I feel like I know them well. And it's funny when people meet me in real life my wife has noticed they start talking to me like they, like I'm their best friend. <laughs>
0: and, right. And,
1: which I, which I love. It's a really fun, if you're, if you get a successful podcast, you, Oftentimes, I think you get this really comfortable le- level of, quote unquote, Internet fame. It's like the best kind where like no one's going to notice you at the grocery store, <laughs> um, but, but sometimes they might. And they'll just come up and say, like, thank you for what you do. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it, it's a very enjo- – and if you're at a conference related to your, your thing, you probably get more interactions like that. But I, I find it to be a, – a, I, I think being too prominent can have a whole lot of disadvantages just for practicality of your life.
0: Have you ever heard of F. Murray Abraham? He yeah, played us. Yeah, he played Salieri and uh, Amadeus, and I think he was in Scarface. Yeah, anyway, I, pretty, yeah. pretty well accomplished actor. I remember him. I saw an interview with him on some entertainment show, and he said that he kind of likes his status. Like he can go on the subway in New York City, and nobody recognizes him, but he's still a very well accomplished actor.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the right level. Like Jerry Seinfeld would have a little bit more problems, uh, Jimmy Kimmel or whoever. But yeah, it's that's a that's a good place to be.
0: Yeah, you know, I was writing. Um, I'm 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 actually writing an ebook hmm. called Podcasting Principles, and so all this stuff is on my mind right now. And I was writing this morning about people because I've I've been coaching a lot of podcasters the last few months and it's great and you get a lot of material when you talk to people who are just brand new and they're going through all the same things that probably you did and I did back when we were starting and i hear a lot of people say like man there's just so many podcasts out there why should i start there's just you go to apple and any any category that i think that my that my show if i pursue it might fall in and there's like a thousand why there's so much competition. Why should I start it? And I just think, man, if you take that mentality, you might, say, you might as well just say, well, there's 8 billion people in the world. Why should you have your own child? Yeah, you know yeah. Could, the
1: uh, the only the only thing to really think about is that you are the the biggest obstacle to getting something out yeah, there. It's not right. there there. I don't think of competition at all. Like in terms of that, in fact, I think that people who, if we just think about podcasting, people who listen to podcasts often listen to a lot of podcasts, and they're pining for another one on a similar topic. So even if you look up. Uh, in, in the, the Apple podcast directory or wherever, and you see something similar to what you're thinking of, you're still, you, you're still going to have your perspective. And, and in fact, um, people who like this probably like that it's, there's there the, you might even think of it as, as a sign that you're on the right direction. If you're seeing people are thinking about that. Uh, I, I yeah, it's so interesting though, to see all people launching new podcasts and you know, I'm on episode 750 or something wow. ridiculous <laughs> like wow. that. Th- 13 years of it. And so, uh, I, I, it's really interesting to see people that are launching things in 2020. And, uh, I've, I've seen a lot of musicians start to do that as work has evaporated and they're sitting at home and yeah. practicing for the audition that may never happen or certainly not for the next few years. And it, so it's really interesting to listen to people and the approach they take. And what I love about what you do and have always done is you just, everything you do just feels authentic. It feels real. Like I'm assuming we're good going at this point because we're just, we hit the button and go. And that's the way you and I have always connected. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd encourage people if, if anyone's launching something or thinking about that, just think d- – don't worry maybe so much about having the perfect intro or music or introducing your guest in a certain way or that sort of thing. I think just connecting with someone like a human being, that's the beautiful thing about this medium. And it's so interesting to me to listen to a few people that have launched something recently and they give like a an eight-minute very formal introduction to the person <laughs> and then that sort of vibe – kind of continues. Where mm. you and I, we just, here we are, we just popped on and we're talking like we were just hanging out uh, not too long ago. And I think that authenticity, uh, I hope, uh, I like to think that that uh, resonates with people.
0: Yeah. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. Mm-hmm. Cause yes, I, I think people think they look at like a James Altucher, who's, mm-hmm. before he even had a podcast, he was blogging, and, and he had a, a huge, huge following. And when he started his podcast, he probably had, I don't know, he probably had, let's just say he had like 30,000 downloads his first his first day, just, but he already had a following. People think, well, they have, they're they comparing themselves to these superstars, or at least in our world, they're superstars, and um, they think, well, if I'm not going to be like that, then why try? And they forget, they, they didn't start out like that. Ben Greenfield started out with like just talking into his microphone, talking about little little things to 10 people.
1: Well, and James Altucher is a great example because he uh, he, there is somebody who shows up. Regularly, Yeah. Talk about somebody who shows up regularly and somebody who has reinvented himself and the way he communicates so many times over the years. And, you know, so he'll do something that goes totally viral, like uh, choose yourself. His book is a great example. And then, of course, he wrote this article called New York City is Dead. Here's why, which is the greatest title ever. I want to steal that title for for other things um, was that
0: a book or a blog cuz no it was it was
1: it was a it was a blog post that yeah. blew up and uh-huh. the uh, mayor of New York was talking about it and everybody was condemning it was it was particularly well written because it just sort of demonstrated the challenge of New York city in particular, or big cities in general in 2020 mm. and beyond. And it, it caused such a controversy that Jerry Seinfeld wrote a response condemning it. And to and James Altucher, he runs a comedy club. He he's a, comedian he's a mm. fan of comedy and to have somebody the stature of jerry seinfeld you know uh dumping on you i think it was in the new york times is mm. uh that's a but then so it's just interesting to watch him handle that and there's somebody if someone's thinking about um or feeling like they're they're suffering from imposter syndrome or having a hard time getting stuff out out the door just look at that guy and how he just he just lets it all loose and d- talk about someone who feels very authentic. I mean, he's a great example. I think
0: I heard something about the little spat with Seinfeld and I can't, I I think I must've been listening to something, some podcast, like the last couple of days I heard about this and Altucher was like, well, you're Jerry Seinfeld. You're, you don't, you're not hurting for money. I am. And people that I know, I'm, I'm watching people whose lives are just, they're being completely transformed forever. Right. Like, who are you? Who do you think you are, Seinfeld? <laughs> I don't think he's yeah. that funny anyway, honestly, Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: I thought it was really weird to, um, when I, he, whatever special I saw of him actually doing comedy, he's one of the comedians that has no problem recycling his old bits, which is has really fallen out of fashion in, in the world of comedy. And it's a little bit strange to, um, to hear stuff that you've heard so many times, you know, from like... It feels like it just feels a little bit like an old school approach to comedy. But um, but yeah, Altucher is, Altucher is a really interesting person and, and I think a good person to just think about how he does what he does, because uh, he wasn't intending that piece to blow up. That was one of probably dozens of things he's written in a similar vein. And I never know what's going to, quote unquote, blow up in terms of whatever medium I'm working in. Uh, y- y- I've been doing a lot more on YouTube the last couple of years. I have some things that have gotten 25,000 views in the last few months and then I had something that I put my heart and soul in and it gets like 200 views and I don't really care because I'm again I am the limiting factor and my imagination and my skills and the only way I'm going to get better at anything is to just do it whether it's practicing a passage or doing a podcast or working on a video or writing a blog post
0: yeah I, I like to just encourage people this podcast is your baby Treat it like treat it like it's your baby. Give it the same attention you would your own child. Maybe not Mm -hmm. the same attention, obviously, but (laughs) it's just it's just an outgrowth of you. It's an it's it's an extension of you. It's kind of an amplification of who you are, kind of like your kids are.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. It's, it's, um, I definitely feel like that more and more. I, 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 I forget what I talk about on the podcast versus what I talk about with my wife or with, uh, you know, (laughs) or I I just, I just, you know, it would be impossible for me to be a liar because I would not be able to keep track of my own lies. But my, (laughs) on the podcast, I just say exactly what I'm thinking at any time. And then I don't run into any issues because if, if I said it, I must, I must've been thinking it. And, uh, yeah, it's it, – I think I've probably become I, – I like to think I've become a little more authentic in my approach over the years. Not that I was trying to not be authentic early on, but I was really trying to frame it. Like here's my show and we're going to go in this format and we're going to cover this and that's how it's going to be. We're going back to like 2007, 2008 at yeah, this point. Yeah. Um. But in more recent years, I, there's no agenda. There's no no anything. It's just two people hanging out over a cup of coffee or a, or a beer. And that's the way I like
0: to do it. All right, let me ask you something, because you've been doing this for a long time. I I want to ask you, what do you think of the concept of a podcaster being an entertainer? What is your first reaction to that?
1: Uh, my first reaction is that you are an entertainer. I I I think that you're an entertainer if you are working in YouTube. I I'm an entertainer as a teacher. I like to think I am. I hope I'm being at least somewhat entertaining. Um, so I I embrace that word. Um, I think I think that's I, I have no problem with that word.
0: Okay, let's on the level of importance for your podcast, where does entertainment fall?
1: Um, I'm never trying to. I am. I'm never intentionally trying to be entertaining. Uh, I, I like to think, but I also let, I, I have, you know, let the little like quirky, quirky aspects of my personality. I, I have become increasingly comfortable with putting those out online. Um, and I've been thinking about that for a long time. You know, I, I got a lot of attention back in the mid 2000s when I put out a, a blog post called My Car Caught Fire and Exploded, where I drew, I drew stick figure renditions of my car catching fire and me pulling the base out <laughs> and the police putting me over the hood and searching me for weapons, which they 100 percent did. Um, and so I I have um, <sighs> I, I, I now I didn't say i'm gonna to try to make something funny it was just one of those things that was like i didn't have any photos from that m- event mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the exploding car so that well let's and i'm a terrible artist so let's just embrace the the badness of my artistry and put these things up well so, how do you how
0: do you define being entertaining what what, do, what does that mean to you
1: i think probably it's being yeah that's a good question how do you define um entertaining and engaging are pretty similar words in my, in my vocabulary. Um, yeah, I don't know. Entertainer is a weird word. It almost feels kind of like, again, like an old school word, like I think of Vegas or something like that. And the rat pack. Right. Um, but I think being entertaining and being engaged, I think there's definitely a lot of overlap in terms of those. Um, so I haven't really thought much about that. That's a good, that's a good topic for pondering.
0: Well, I've been pondering it a lot because it's part of my new ebook that's coming out soon.
1: <laughs> well, what what are your thoughts on on entertainment and the role of a podcaster?
0: Well, the way that I have uh, begun to view entertainment, like I like, I take the word entertainment and i th- I just substitute it for not boring. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's like. Because my wife and I, Sana, we just talked about this on our own podcast uh, this past weekend. And, and I just asked her, Sana, what, is, what word comes to your mind when you hear the word entertainment? And she said, circus, stand-up comedian, like, just like you said, you know, Las Vegas and uh, the, the, the dive bar, whatever, whatever, cheap entertainment. And I, I've come to realize that entertainment just means you're keeping someone's attention. Like Breaking Bad is my favorite show of all time, and it's hugely entertaining, but to say that it's funny <laughs> would be—they uh, use humor to kind of bring, bring things down to earth, because if, it, if there was no humor at all, it would be completely unwatchable, because it's so dark and so heavy. But the, the whole show is unbelievably gripping, especially the first time watching it. It's just—it's so captivating and that's how i've come to view entertainment it's just being unpredictable being maybe embracing a, something that's a little bit controversial that that's going to ruffle some feathers a little bit that's entertainment and 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 people see, hear that word entertainment and they just have this cognitive dissonance because they think well i'm doing this show that's like focused on entrepreneurship for musicians and i i can't be entertaining that, that it doesn't jive with them but an idea that they could embrace is your, your job is to keep people's attention. You, you use the tools that you have. If it's comedy, great. If it's humor, if you've got a sense of humor, great. But just treat it as a tool, not something that you have to do, because people listening to you, they only have a 15-second attention span, and well, you've got to go to the next joke and the next cheap joke, otherwise you're going to lose their attention. People, We've been on the call, what, for 21 minutes, and people have been listening, and it feels like two minutes have passed. So this is entertainment for me,
1: right? Yeah, and, and, and entertainment doesn't necessarily mean cracking jokes. Yes. Just like you're saying, like I, I am particularly not good at. at <laughs> I've never, I've never tried to be good at that. Um, but I love that you bring up Breaking Bad. I was. L- literally watching Breaking Bad this morning <laughs> so, so I kind of go through that show that's one of those shows I've probably gone through the entire thing five times me too and I still it still bri- it captivates me yes. I know exactly what's gonna happen and, and I still can't yeah. believe that X Y or Z happens and that the yes there's there's humor sprinkled into that show and it, and it 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 helps kind of uh certainly I mean what a brilliant person Vince Gilligan is just putting that show together and the the more you know it's funny when I first watched that show, I had this feeling like they weren't expecting to go as many seasons as they did, and they were kind of making up the story as they went. As I watched it more times, I could see all the foreshadowing that, that even the first first Few episodes had on the rest of the season, so I don't know. I do know that Jesse Pinkman was originally going to be uh, eliminated early on, and then they decided to keep him. But it, they're there the cohesion of that show over the over the seasons is um, it, brilliant. It's a, it, absolutely brilliant.
0: Well, I think I think the the most foreshadowing really began in season two. Mm-hmm. That's that's when things really like like they were kind of. Knew they had a seat at the table with AMC because I've listened to all the podcasts because they have all these insider podcasts that are hosted by Vince Gilligan. I got the impression that like season two, they knew they, they had that longevity and then they could really plan. Season one was a little eh, kind of discombobulated and they managed to they managed to take what they had and work it into uh, like season two on. But it, that's that's when it really began to become what it was.
1: That's interesting. I, you've given me some more podcasts to listen to because I haven't, I haven't gone down the rabbit hole of that, but I, I need to – I'll go subscribe after we get off today. There is <laughs> so
0: much value for a content creator just to listen to those podcasts and uh, the attention to detail, the just meticulousness of those shows that they put into it. It's just unbelievable how, wow. how high quality and so detail-oriented –
1: have you gone through uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever app you use for podcasts? I use Overcast these days, but have you gone through and taken a look at how many podcasts you subscribe to recently? I'd just be curious. What
0: you know? I don't even I don't even shop anymore. I mean, if there's one that I want to look up, then I'll do a search for it, but I don't browse through them.
1: I have. I, I it, it's an astonishing amount. I I don't know. It's well over well over a hundred, certainly, that I subscribe to. And I kind of have, I have, uh, Overcast lets me filter. I have what the list I call my favorites, which are the ones that I, I want to dip into, pretty much every episode and then I have all episodes but honestly I open up all episodes a lot of the time and I find a show I hadn't listened to for a year and I listen to another episode and I just like that diversity of 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 topic. I find podcasts from other podcasts or from newsletters that I subscribe to and it's just so interesting the the almost infinite approaches that there are to this medium. It's such an it's such a flexible medium. It is. You know you and I are here talking the the The, the interview medium is, is wonderful and tried and true. And I use that a lot. I've had podcasts that I've done in the past on a specific topic where I've had people call into a Google voice n- number and leave messages. I've done greatest hits. I've gone through, you know, years of content and synthesized things that were being talked about. Thirteen years ago, with something that was happening six months ago, it's it's a really it, it, and watching people like Tim Ferris and other people explore different different um, ways to use this this medium. It's it's a cool medium. It can be three hours long, like a typical Joe Rogan episode. It can be five minutes long. It can be anywhere in between. It can be uh, total chaos. It can be tightly scripted. It can have music. It can not have music. It's it's an incredible medium.
0: Yeah, it's it's not like you're worried about okay. This has to be forty two minutes. And thirteen seconds for an hour hour long time slot on the on the on the channel, and then and then you're either scrambling to either cut stuff that it's painful cuts, or you're just like filling time just to meet that. And it's not to say that podcasters never kill time. There's plenty of that going on. But...
1: <laughs> you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about. Um sponsorship and podcasts recently. And I've had a wide variety of sponsors over the years. And then, and then COVID hit and um, I, one sponsor pulled out right away. And then, and then D'Addario Strings, who I've worked with for years, they eliminated the position of the person I've been working with. So I thought, all right, now is not, not an ideal time for spot. You know, so I just, I I fired them before they could fire me. Essentially. I just emailed everybody and said, let's just halt sponsorship for a while and, and I ran for about four or five months with zero sponsors and it, and I, I, I am now working with a few again and I will continue if it's the right fit to work with people. I have no problem with that. I've decided that that's a a good route for me, but it was so refreshing also to not have any, um, to be totally on tethered in that Mm. way. And I have, now, and increasingly, I have some products of my own that it makes more sense to use the podcast as a vehicle for that. And then I look at other people. They use Patreon, which I have resisted for my podcast for probably irrational reasons. Um, and I just like like monetizing this thing that you and I both do. I know you've thought a lot about that, but what are your thoughts on either sponsorship or monetization in general or marketing your own thing versus, um, I just, I'm sure you've got thoughts on the topic.
0: My thoughts on it is that, if you, have a, a, if you bring a third party into anything, you're sort of diluting your brand. And I don't know that diluting is the right word, but you're sort of compromising uh, your, your own brand. And, and I think that if you're going to bring on a sponsor, you have to be very clear with that person or that, or that company or whatever it is and say, this is who I am. This is what this show is about. You might find something that's objectionable. You have to be prepared for that. Like, I'm not, I'm not your servant. I'm not going to cater. I'm not going to change my message in the event that you get offended at something I say or you find something that I say objectionable. This is my show. Those are my rules. If You can take it or leave it.
1: Yeah. And and I think so many people come into podcasts and maybe they've listened to a lot of podcasts and they hear sponsor reads, whether it's Squarespace or whatever. And like, I would just encourage anybody like, don't put that, leave that for later. That is just, you're like, exactly. Get, get good at what you do. And the first thing, if you, as you start to think about monetizing and and making this a sustainable thing, because if it's not monetized in some way, there's so many things we can pay attention to in life. Uh, (laughs) it's very easy for the podcast to, fall off the priority list. Um, get good at what you do, get consistent. And I, I would encourage people to think about whether it's a, a, a digital product or a coaching service or mm-hmm. even teaching lessons, if we're talking to musicians or, or what have you, because just like you're, you're saying, you introduce a third party. What you're doing with sponsorship is you're kind of saying, hey, go look at this other stuff. You know, you're on my show, but go look at these other things. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, so many podcasts and YouTube channels whatever work with sponsors it definitely me included it definitely can make sense uh in your suite of monetization but i would i would i would say just don't even don't even think about it for a while <laughs> for most people
0: yeah, I think the threshold is like if you have regularly over a thousand downloads per episode, then you might be able to approach someone.
1: Yeah. And it, it depends on how niche or niche, however we want to use the word down you are. Too. That's true. You know, like, like, like I, I have a show though. I just said, I, I, I talk about all sorts of things besides base. It's, it's a fair bet that the majority of people listening are bass players, or have, or are bass parents, or whatever. So it makes a lot of sense for a string company to market their bass pro- or rosin or something to targeted to even musicians. It's a little tougher if it's uh, the, the 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 wider your scope, the tougher something like that can
0: can yeah. be. So are you talking about people who they want to start a podcast and they're like, well, I have to have a sponsor because I hear that a lot because I, I I talk to people who they want to start a podcast and they're like, well it's required that I have a sponsor because Tim Ferriss has sponsors. So I have to have them.
1: <laughs> right. That's a very tough sell unless you are extremely well-known because you're saying, hey, here's this idea I have that does not exist. Do you want to pay me money to make this thing? It's much easier to say, hey, I here, I made this and I have these people on this journey with me and if you can demonstrate it in some way, that's mm. even better in terms of metrics, which can be a challenge with podcasting. Um, that's a much easier sell. I would get going. There's nothing to sponsor yet, <laughs> yet, you know? So, so that's, that would be my recommendation. Well, that's
0: sort of the idea behind crowdfunding Kickstarter is you have your idea, fund it, and then I can make it.
1: And, and yeah. And, and again, that, that there's a great example. So that right. might be a good model for, for, uh, yeah, that's a good example. I I'm changing my mind on these sort of topics all the time. Mm. I think it's really interesting, um, one thing that I have not embraced is the Patreon model for, for my podcast. I just don't – and I know a lot of creators use use Patreon or a similar service, generally Patreon though, and I think that there is something to be said for that and for that model. I just – I don't know. It's just I, – I, I decided a few years ago I'm either going to have sponsors or send people to some product I have. Or do or have none of that, and just have it be a community-funded thing. But I just don't want to. I, I don't. I, there's some ratio of of paid content or asking people for money that, that Mm. I just feels off. If I Mm. threw yet another thing into the mix Mm. and, and who uh, podcasters that have Patreon, and this is no disrespect to those people. It's great. And some people are doing a good job with it. They seem to spend such a giant percentage of their show talking about their Patreon that I just, I I'm like hitting the 32nd forward button a lot. So that it's a, it's a, it's such a tough thing. And there's so many different approaches and yeah, that seems the the ratio seems a bit off on that. Probably four years ago, I fell into this format. Good or bad is is what I do of I've, I've taken a quote from if I'm doing an interview show, taking a quote that sounds at least somewhat interesting, putting it at the front. And then I do an intro. Uh, and, and, and the reason my, I, I stole it from a bunch of podcasts. So that's, that's the, the short answer. But I, I do think there's something, if you're doing an interview show, uh, a lot of people, eventually they're coming because I'm the main character, but at first they're probably coming because that person's interesting to them. So to have the first thing they do, the hit play and they hear that person saying something interesting. I think that Mm. there's something compelling about that. And then they hear me and my spiel. And I, uh, th- th- that's, that's, and and any sort of talking about anything I'm doing that you could trade money for or send them to a sponsor that happens into the episode, but everybody's got a different, a different format. Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss, they read ads for anywhere between five and 10 minutes at the beginning. But the cool thing is with Joe Rogan, uh, it, after that, uh, there are zero ads and you just sink into the conversation. So different ways to, to skin this thing.
0: Yeah. it's a It's a, Delicate balance, because if you want to monetize your, your show, you can't just overtly just you can't turn it into like this uh, infomercial every single time for stuff you're pitching. I think the best thing that I've heard and the most effective calls to action that I've heard, make your call to action kind of like a PS to a letter. It's like, I'm signing off. Oh, by the way, P.S. I have this for sale. You might want to check it out. I've been trying out this string for my bass. I like it. I thought you might like it too. Signing out. Goodbye.
1: That's a good way to do it. That's a good way. I pick from somewhere I read or listen to or whatever I, my, my pitch these days generally has been join my email newsletter. And then I'll, I'll sell, I'll sell you on that through that, through whatever, uh, you know, uh, tagging and metrics I use for convert kit, the program I use. Uh-huh. Um, and, and that seems to have been working, um, messages that I want my true fans to hear. I always put at the end, because if you got to the end of whoever, and you're still listening, you're either, uh, t- tied and gagged in in some, and you can't, can't escape and turn off the podcast or, um, or you're into the podcast. So that, but it's, it's, it's an interesting medium. When I tried the hardest to monetize is when my numbers ended up growing the least, which was early 2017. And I was thinking, I got I got to make, you know, I'm watching the bank account go down and I, I've got to figure out how to make this profitable. And when I quit worrying so much about that and just like, played around and had a good time and, and wasn't obsessed with like how I'm doing week over week in the numbers, checked in more infrequently, things started to grow. So that's interesting. It could just be me, but I, I was really trying to get people to donate, uh, buy my book. I had put out a book about auditioning at the time, self-published, um, invite me to your event. Nobody ever invited me to their event when I was doing that. All sorts of people invited me to their event after I quit pushing it so hard, <laughs> which, which is hilarious, but.
0: It seems like people would get the impression that the only motivation that you have to do your show is to sell your stuff.
1: Yeah, and I probably sounded—I probably had some desperation creeping Mm. into what I was doing, you know, and and legitimate desperation because I decided I'm gonna I'm gonna make this my thing, and then there's just a a lag between that decision and profitability, Uh, certainly for anything. that, that I've experienced entrepreneurially, you know, and, and so if you're starting out a podcast, I would not expect to be in the black with that podcast for, for some time. But if you think of it as an investment, uh, it has absolutely been an investment for me, but I remember some of those hard decisions They're like, Oh, am I going to plunk down 350 bucks for lead pages? I'm going to start paying whatever for my email provider and level up. And, and, um, those things have paid off, but, uh, it's, there's just a, there's just it's it's a it's a long game. I think most podcasters are playing.
0: I, I was just thinking about you know I, we talked about having children and how your podcast is like having a child, and those do, those diapers aren't cheap. <laughs> they don't give them away at Walmart. It costs money to raise a child, and it costs money. Child is not going to my my son. He's not going to bring any money in, into the house. I'm certainly not, never going to expect him to contribute to the household expenses. It's, it's not like I'm investing in him so that he can like give a monetary payout someday. It's nothing like that. And you invest your time and your energy, your bandwidth into your show because not for the money, because of some other reward. And if you're able to, if you get put yourself in a position to be able to make some money with it, great, awesome, good for you. But when you get to that point, if you've done it the right way, you'll know whether or not that thing is, is, is the right fit for you. But if you're like, think I have to make money with this right away, man, it's a hard road. If you, if you stay on it longer than two weeks,
1: yeah, I think I think of it as skill development rather than something that's going to make money immediately. It, it's helpful for me um, just because I'm I'm developing these skills through doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Through doing that, I'm also developing a set of skills that can be repurposed in a variety of ways. Now I know how to edit audio. Now yes. I know how to talk without saying so many ums and ahs. I say I say <laughs> I say more than I want now, but way less than I did before I started podcasting. Now I know how to use Adobe Creative Cloud products or or now I know how to uh, tune up an image or make an image that people click on versus one that they don't. I mean, these are all um, things that you, you you know, you're, you're developing a really interesting set of skills by actually creating a show, being the producer of your show, being the host of the show, being the marketer of the show that I have used that in a variety of ways through consulting gigs, through other projects. It's you're, you're developing extremely valuable skills that can be used in all different kinds of ways
0: my route to making podcasting a career has been not that there's a conventional way to do it <laughs> but <laughs> i think my i think the route that i took it, it, it wasn't really my intention to take it when i first started out but the way that it ended up working out is that i had my show musicpreneur and it was it was going okay but it wasn't great you know i was i was honestly getting a little burnt out with it because it just wasn't It wasn't producing the way that I thought it would or the way that I thought it should. And so I ended up taking a gig with Ben Greenfield, who's really, really well-known in the health and fitness industry. Looking back at the whole experience, I felt like Daniel on The Karate Kid. And And I'm serious. It's like you have the wax on, wax off, paint the fence, sand the floor. And here I am, all this time, I'm like dictating taking little shorthand notes on the interviews and put them on the show notes, Learning, and I'm learning these skills that I already had, but I was getting just really, really good at it. And so he and I reached kind of an agreement on a service that I did for him outside of the podcast. And the terms that we agreed on was he would promote my services as a podcast editor on his show. And it was through that that um, just in the last six or eight weeks, I've taken on – Extremely high quality clients. I mean, really, really high quality leads, and and now just several weeks into it, they're becoming friends, almost like family. It's just really, really neat community that uh, Sana and I are, are building with this. And you, you just never know what's going to happen if you take that step. And I, like, it's not like my dream is to edit Ben Greenfield's show forever. It's not what I want to do when I hang up my spikes for, forever. But just that one little thing turned into something really cool.
1: Well, congratulations. That's great to hear. And, and, and you know, the, the interesting thing, uh, a takeaway from that that journey for people might be it, it, you could probably write out that journey in your biography and it would sound neat and tidy, but it probably felt like total chaos when you were doing it. You had no idea X, Y or Z would, would happen, you know, and, and I think that's that's it's so easy to put someone who's found success in any field kind of on a pedestal and to think, oh, well, they had all these advantages or things just worked out or isn't it? great how that worked out. But, but w- w- that person, when they're in the moment, it didn't, it was not like that. It yeah. was, the path was unclear. You try something, it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. Oh, all of a sudden this kind of worked, but maybe it didn't, but I, uh, but, oh, that worked, but I don't want to do that anymore. So, so it's, it's a very, um, That's true if you're taking auditions or or that's true even if you're in a more conventional field of employment, you know, whatever that means. Uh, But that's certainly the case like I I, my career, I I have what I consider a a, a because of my podcast career that's worked out pretty well, but it was to- totally bananas how it worked out. It was, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and when I really tried to make it work was that early 2017, like I was telling you about and yeah. nothing was working, you know, yeah. and, and I was, I was spending oodles of money and nobody wanted me to do anything for them. And people didn't want to advertise and, be, and, and and I just felt like, I, but I just kind of kept, kept kicking the tires and looking for different opportunities. And then all of a sudden something leads to something, leads to something, leads to something, and you get some momentum.
0: Well, I tell you what, man, I mean, you have a student coming up and we've been, can you believe we've been going for 45 minutes already?
1: Well, I'm not, I, 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 I' looking at the time, that is true, but that's always the way it is when we chat. Yeah. so I, I you're you're I love what you do, and and I, I always enjoy the opportunity to chat with you on the air off the air uh, about any variety of topics. And it's fun. I, I, we need, we need no script. we need nothing. whatever whatever we'll talk about will certainly be of interest to us and hopefully to others as well. Well,
0: we were entertained. I don't know about anybody <laughs> we listening.
1: Were, <laughs> we were definitely entertained.
0: We certainly <laughs> yeah. had a good time. <laughs> Hey, my name is James Newcomb, and as you can hear, my wife and I like to have fun when we press record on these podcasts. And we bring this as a service to our clients and would be perhaps prospective clients of our company, Beaten Path Media. And we are working together to build this business, and we're just having a great time doing it. And if you are interested in learning more about Sana and myself and what we can offer, if you're thinking about getting into the podcasting, the YouTubing, the digital media production game, then look us up and I'd love to talk and see if we can help bring you to closer to your goals and bring you and your podcast, your YouTube, your digital media to the next level. Check us out on the web at beatenpath.media, that's spelled B-E-A-T-I-N, path, dot media.